I hey. didn't start recording. What? You remember, like, Halloween episode where you got trapped in the internet and had to be replaced by a robot? Of course I do. It was hell being trapped in the up. internet. Are we ever, are ever going to explain, like, how you came back or anything? Or are we just going to kind of exist... Well, I'm actually under an NDA until next week. Uh, I can't talk about what I experience in the internet uh, until next week, upon which time I will be released from my non-disclosure agreement. Uh, and then I can talk to the robot and we'll exchange notes and then we'll tell the whole truth and it'll be great. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, the government doesn't want me to talk about it for a oh, week later. Oh, the U.S. government. Oh, shit, that's some serious No, not stuff. the U.S. government. It's the internet government. Oh, that's fair. They're more important than the U.S. government. Agree. Anyway, welcome to the Lakes and the Rivers. It's a show where we talk about music and life sometimes, and uh, every now and then... Uh, Cam will quote David Bowie. It's uncontrollable. He can't figure out how to stop it. Um, Some of you may have noticed that we've been gone for three weeks. We've been gone, yeah, for a while. We're not going to explain. We're just going to move on. We're just going to do it. This It's been a week. It's been <laughs> one entire week. Just seven days is longer than you thought, just for this time only. <laughs> you didn't know? A day is actually 72 hours long. <laughs> That's how we got in so much time to make the world in Genesis. <laughs> We're actually just <laughs> reiterating creationist talking points. This is literally an argument for why Genesis <laughs> is doable. <laughs> you did it, Reddit. I would know. I go to a Christian college. Uh, <laughs> we, we fucking did it, Reddit. We did it. We discovered uh, creationism. Discovered we, Fuck if I know what it we, is. We've hit on something and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> Great. Did good, our, start, good start. Did our intro. All right, let's keep it going. <laughs> um, I have... Oh, shit, you know what? What? We gotta talk about Sonic. Okay. I'm down to talk well, about Sonic. Uh, one of the last times that we were around, we did mention that Sonic was coming out because uh -huh. it was the only fucking good part about February. <laughs> I stand by that. Burst into Chaos uh, came out the same day, and I think that was a good part. But I know, I know that acoustic albums right. aren't exactly your thing. It's also not on Google Play, so it could be the it best, isn't? and I can't fuck. That's oh, wait, so sad. Why is okay. it here well, now? Yeah, <laughs> They're called the Wonder Years because they take oh, wait, years no, to put it on the... Google Play. The second one is not on Google Play. It's not? Nope. I'm going to tweet at Soupy after this. They look like Lightning Acoustic in Washington Square Park are They're here. But Wild. Not the album. <laughs> I'm actually going to tweet at Soupy. <laughs> not right now. Um... But Sonic is a movie that I saw 
actually. It was like Oh, you saw it too? Oh, I didn't talk to you about that. Last weekend? Yeah, I don't I don't know why I didn't mention it to you. <laughs> I don't know why either. I was fucking hyped about that. Yeah, I posted it in Sonic Hooters, which is a Discord server I'm in, uh, that has to do with Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, but I, I wonder what else we may talk about. I didn't post about it anywhere else. It's Hooters. Talk about Sonic and Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> like owls or? No, why would you think it's like owls? I'm, of course, yeah. talking about Hooters, the restaurant. I cannot, cannot fucking imagine why. <laughs> it's, it's an in-joke. Um, so we both saw Sonic the Hedgehog. What did you think of it? Okay. <laughs> it wasn't garbage. I actually you, thought that was my that was my first thought too. I was like, "Wow, this is like kind of good." I was pretty sure that I was going to probably like it even if it was garbage. Um Me too. because that's just kind of the kind of person that I am. Uh I have I mean, no taste I have in movies. DVD, so like my opinion <laughs> doesn't matter. I have no taste in movies, um, but I thought that they did some. I thought that they handled some things really poorly, but I thought that they did some other things actually really well, like surprisingly well. And just beyond all that, like it's not a bad movie. <laughs> I I have seen worse guy in a car with alien from outer space movies. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Jim Carrey was excellent. Jim Carrey as Eggman was the best! He's really good. Reconnaissance! <laughs> it was... <laughs> I went in thinking, Jim Carrey's probably going to be good in this. I liked him in the trailers. I've liked him in the few Jim Carrey movies that I've deigned to see. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I came away thinking he fulfilled expectations, I think. Uh, as far as... People playing Eggman goats, I think Jim Carrey's probably. <laughs> he, like, he was a good pick. I still like the official voice actor for Eggman. Like, I like his voice more. Yeah. But if I had to make do, I would probably go with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I think Jim Carrey was playing a different Eggman than the kind that we often get in the games or, like, that maybe was portrayed in the comics. Um, that's sort of my feeling. I sat through 250-ish issues of the Archie Sonic comic, uh, which uh, is significantly tied up later on in uh, the game's depictions of the characters. So um, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on what canon Eggman is like, and I think that Jim Carrey was playing a different Eggman, and I think part of that is because of the... uh, They sort of... um, are, are angling for a different uh, kind of Eggman based on the post credit scene, if those are anything to go by. I won't spoil them. Um, I'm not going to spoil them. They're already all over the internet, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. I actually wasn't spoiled on it at all. I was surprised. Um, but I think that they intended to go for a kind of different, uh, more competent Eggman, uh, and I think it worked. I mean, I like Eggman the most when he is sarcastic and when he's funny and when he's a, just a little bit stupid. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite Eggman is the one from Sonic Adventure 1. Not because of his voice, because that's fucking terrible. But, 
They were struggling to find their footing there, yeah. And, like, Sonic Adventure as a whole is such a hot mess. <laughs> um, but also, actually, it gave us Big the Cat, so I, I can't fault it. This is actually funny. A while ago, <laughs> uh, bringing it full circle back around to Sonic Hooters, uh, I streamed, I was, I was bored, it was like a Friday night, I think. Um, no, it was like a Wednesday night. I streamed uh, Sonic Adventure 2 to Discord, <laughs> Sonic Hooters, um, and I, like I said, no taste in movies, probably no taste in video games. I didn't think I was going to be as exhausted playing Sonic Adventure 2 as I was. <laughs> I thought this game was supposed to be a classic. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing about Sonic Adventure 2, right? Uh-huh. The main thing that I have noticed that people tend to love about the game is a lot less the game itself, Cow Garden, <laughs> the point where people will go back and replay the stages that they like and get a whole bunch of shit for the Chows and then go back to the Chow Garden immediately. That is not something <laughs> that I would have thought because I don't find Chow Garden interesting at all. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I'm with you. I'm just saying what the general populace yeah. seems to think. Maybe I'm doing Chow Garden wrong, but, like, I went in there once. I trained my Chow in swimming. Uh, my Chow did get their ass kicked. But I was just like, man, do I, do I have to do this, like, more? <laughs> do I have to do this at all? <laughs> I'd rather not. Like, even though it introduced God's gift to man, Shadow the Hedgehog, <laughs> like, I don't think Sonic Adventure 2 is all that good. I think the music is really good, because mm -hmm. I don't think there's been a Sonic game... That's a lie. I was going to say there hasn't been a Sonic <laughs> game of bad music, but there have been several. I would say that generally Sonic as a franchise has a legacy of good music, uh, but yeah, there's there's caveats. Uh, for example, Sonic Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Boom is not to be mentioned in general, so we're moving on. I forgot that it existed again. I always, I always forget it. I didn't own a Wii U, and I didn't like own any of the systems that Sonic Boom was on. So that's sort of like a, I, there's like a huge gap in my sort of history of video games uh, that I've lived through, as far as the Wii U era goes. I remember that like, they Monarch, stop it. Um. They had the knuckles glitch where you yes. could just like jump infinitely. Yeah. And then they patched it out, and so many people were mad. Like they took the one fucking fun thing in this game away from them. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> uh, in defense of Sonic Boom, I will say that I thought that the designs were fine. I thought that they were I kind of the cool. Designs pretty okay, truthfully, and it's I feel a... like I'm one of the only people who did. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sold on like big knuckles at first, but I think yeah, I think they're all good and it's a shame that they got stapled to a not so good game at least the cartoon was good they made four of those games i i made, i they made a whopping four of them yeah I, I've, I've heard decent things about the cartoon i've heard mixed things about the cartoon that's what i'll say but like a couple of times that i tuned in i was like it's oh, kind of a nice joke <laughs> like someone I here like is... it. I like it because like I'm so used to Sonic not having any sort of comedy. Uh-huh. That like <laughs> they're a... 
There the was... fact that there are scenes where like Eggman and Sonic are just like instead of a big epic confrontation, they're just waiting in line, and Eggman's slightly ahead of Sonic. He's like, uh-huh. "Suck a dick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. To there do. was definitely a stretch of time in the two thousands where Sonic just did not have any humor. <laughs> But you didn't think Sonic and the Black Knight was hilarious? I don't know anything about Sonic and the Black Knight except for the God, music. I wish that were me. <laughs> there's a couple of songs from Sonic and the Black Knight that I think are really good. And then there's also... Like, again, uh, the soundtrack, really good. What's the one that's like, My will to fight the night. That one cracks like me that up. One. I like <laughs> that one, but I don't like the version with lyrics in it. It cracks me up. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> I said, um, the part where they replace the vocals with, like, violins, that sounds much better. Hey, uh, <laughs> that actually reminds me. I probably mentioned this in the Bowling for Soup episode, but... <laughs> Jared Reddick from Bowling for Soup sang the theme song for Sonic Unleashed, and that I was reminded of that because there's a an orchestral version that plays at the boss fight. Um, hey, Sonic Unleashed is another that. game I've never played, but that's that's just funny to me. I like Sonic Unleashed, like I again, I might be one of the only people, but I like <laughs> every part of Sonic Unleashed, even if the Werehog stages were slow and a little bit boring after a while. I'll say this, I've found that among Sonic fans, uh, Sonic Unleashed is generally well-liked and defended, but among people who are, like, not, who probably wouldn't consider themselves Sonic fans as much as, like, just video game fans, uh, I would say that Sonic Unleashed is not well-liked among that demographic. I think it's because a lot of things, like, they only see the vastly radical different things that the game did. And they don't see the fact that the daytime stages are just normal 3D Sonic, but like the previous game, which isn't saying a lot because the previous game was 06, but still. (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, a good number of Sonic titles there around the time of Sonic Unleashed probably poisoned the well on Sonic criticism. (laughs) I know, like, Sonic 06 was a train wreck. We have beaten that horse to death at this point. <laughs> I still want to play Sonic 06. There's a part of me that's like, come on, can it really be that bad? <laughs> oh, definitely play it. I will never say do not play this game. Did it ever but... release on PC? I don't think it did. It was just PS3. Come visit me sometime. We'll buy it for <laughs> PS3 for probably too much money, and we'll play the shit out of it. <laughs> I seem to recall that there is a, a Sonic 06 fan... Uh, remake. I don't know if it's done, but I think that I remember as far back as like probably 2015. I think uh, there's a YouTuber called Some Call Me Johnny who. Uh, yeah, I yeah, like he, him. Yeah, uh, I think he played it in a. He's a good man. In a Johnny versus. What the fuck? <laughs> I went on to PCGamer.com to look this up, and I have, I am confronted with the worst ad blocker. Uh, kind of ad that I've ever seen, and I will now send it to you. Uh, it unnerves me. I think this is supposed to be Geralt Witcher. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is straight up horny. So, 
I will now describe what I'm seeing. How are you doing tonight? (laughs) I'm going to describe what I'm seeing here. And it's, okay, there's this large wooden basin that I assume is meant to be a bath. And there's torches in the background. And it's a very kind of dark uh, medieval-ish setting. I don't see anything besides his gigantic ass feet. (laughs) There's a man in this tub full of water uh, with, like, whitish hair. But it's not long. So I... And I don't know what Geralt Witcher looks like outside of the Netflix show, which I haven't even seen. But this man is completely naked. uh, And the largest things in this image are his two wet feet (laughs) that are depicted in excruciating detail. Uh, Speaking of Sonic, I guess. They sort of have the texture of, like, wet latex. And it's disgusting me. Uh, and I think you were just about to say something about Sonic's feet on our podcast. I said, speaking of Sonic, because, you know, son- Sonic's Sonic's feet. Sonic's feet. We have to talk about Sonic's feet now? Oh, we're moving on. Moving <laughs> on from the subject. Uh, so, Sonic and the Seven Rings was a game. Uh, on my birthday one day I hate where this story is going my best friend brought uh, Sonic and the Seven Rings over for me to play and how did you like it? oh it's a garbage game but it was actually hysterical trying to figure out how this game plays Uh, and also in the same vein of other Sonic games that are freakishly hard to play uh, Sonic Rider Zero Gravity for the Nintendo Wii I is a game, game that I, uh, I so way back in the day, Blockbuster would uh, let you rent video games. I think it was Blockbuster, but it might have been California Video. Uh, it was some sometime in between our when our local Blockbuster was replaced with California Video, and then that shut down later. <laughs> um, but they would let you rent video games. And we rented Sonic Riders Zero Gravity in probably 2012. I think I was in, like, sixth grade. Um, And I remember enjoying it a lot, and I remember it specifically not being difficult to play. So a long time later, my brother and I were over at the same best friend's house, and we decided we were going to dig out Sonic Riders Zero Gravity just to see how it played. And, oh, my God, it's so fucking hard. (laughs) I don't know who is meant to play this game. (laughs) Ostensibly, it is children, but I don't think that children can control that surfboard. I just don't. It's like a me thing, but there are some games that I could 100% beat when I was a kid that I go back today and I'm like, how the fuck did I do this? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. uh, this is one of them where, like, as a kid, I remember playing and beating the shit out of that game. I go back now and I'm fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wild. Okay. We've spent a lot of time talking about Sonic. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should talk about things that are not Sonic. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't really have... Music. Playing Final news. Fantasy 15. Yeah, talk about Final Fantasy 15. What is it? I've never played a single Final Fantasy game in my life. <laughs> Final Fantasy. At least one. Pick one. 
You got like 15 at least to choose from. I think I'd like to play the 7 remake if it ever comes to PC. It's supposed to be coming out soon-ish. Like I said, come visit me. I got all the PlayStations. Yeah, baby. I actually grew up with a PlayStation 2, but the only games that I owned that I that I was allowed to play uh, for it were uh, Cool Borders 2, a snowboarding game, uh, and ostensibly the sequel to Cool Borders, <laughs> uh, starring very cool borders, uh, and Mega Man X7. So if that sort of gives you a taste oh, uh, for... <laughs> But, uh, in fairness, I actually wanted to play Mega Man X7. It wasn't, like, foisted on me. Uh, I played it when I was in the hospital uh, when I was a young boy because my small intestine telescoped into my large intestine, and they had to fix that. So I uh, had actually a decent time playing Mega Man X7. Uh, (laughs) No, I wanted to play a Mega Man game, and I wanted to play Mega Man X7. So I did. You chose the worst Mega Man game? I think that if you go into it not knowing that it's the worst Mega Man X game, it's not unfun. It is freakishly hard, <laughs> and it is uh, fiendishly uncontrollable. If you've, uh, but if you've never played a video game before, it's kind of <laughs> decent. <laughs> annoying, by the way. I think that Burn to the Ground is... Burn to the Ground one more time as long as I live, it'll be too soon. Flame Hyenard is a perfectly valid boss. If you fucking say so! (laughs) Okay, Uh, Final Fantasy XV. Final Fantasy XV is a game where you you play as Sasuke with his three boyfriends, I mean, uh, traveling companions. I love it. You get in a car... You're selling me on this. You go visit a lady who's wearing a horrible outfit, she fixes up your car, and then you learn your dad's dead. Okay. Pretty then good start. plot happens, but I'm, I'm in the middle of something, even though the kingdom's on fire, I accepted like 12 side quests. <laughs> I'm hooked. <laughs> also, oh, you man. can fish, and it's the best. Okay. Yeah, I would say that generally games with fishing... Uh, that's sort of a point in their favor. I'm thinking Minecraft, you can fish. I'm thinking that's it. Uh, Pokemon, you can fish. And people love Pokemon. Uh, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, you can fish. People love Stardew Valley. It's because of the fish. It's It's primarily because I can fish in it. I like (laughs) fishing. I don't hate fishing. We're talking like fishing in real life now, right? Yeah. 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 Not in video games. I think it's fine. Well, Animal Crossing. You can fish in Animal Crossing. That's true. And people enjoy Animal Crossing. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> lots, lots of our friends are very excited about New Horizons, and I'm excited for them. I'm getting New Horizons as a birthday gift, so... Yes. <laughs> I hope that you enjoy spending time on your island and fishing. I haven't come up with a name yet. Well, you've got a month. <laughs> I have two weeks. You, two weeks? Oh, it comes out March 20th. Yep. I was thinking April 20th. April 20th is... It's not coming out on 420, Dave! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but what if it did? It would be some ingenious fucking marketing but no that's not what they're going for do you not think that isabel goes to a desert island to get blazed 
she goes there to get drunk. And have you not seen blaze. the vacation? I have seen Isabel's Corona light. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Can the art for this episode please be just Isabel with her Corona light? I'll find a way. Excellent. We were talking about Final Fantasy 15. Hey, <laughs> right. so here's the thing about Final Fantasy 15. Do tell. Four hours to get to the next chapter because they cram so much shit to do on the side. <laughs> That's kind it of sounds I'm... like it's a complaint, but it's not. <laughs> Honestly, like I find that if the side quests are uh, achievable, <laughs> I generally don't. I generally like doing them. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and its sister game Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy Color. I played those a lot when I was a child. Uh, and the side quests felt pretty rewarding, generally. Sometimes they were part of... You had to do them to progress in the plot. Uh, and sometimes they were a little confusing to my infant brain. But, you know... There were a lot of them to do, and it, you got nice things rather than, like, just money. And I found that those were enjoyable. Like, I always like uh, side quests in RPGs, especially, like, RPGs nowadays. Like, the Tales series is my favorite. Mm-hmm. said this before in the past. A lot of the side quests in Tales games, they don't, like, get you much of a physical reward, so to speak. Like, you'll get a neat new blade or some sort of neat new armor or material, something like that. Most of the time, you get that sweet, sweet lore going in, and that's what I like. That's valid. Yeah. I have never been much for reading. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I can take it or leave it, but when it's lore, I'm mm-hmm. down. If that being said, lore. I've never played Skyrim, and I don't plan to. I can be convinced to play Skyrim. You just have to work up the nerve to spend money uh, over like $20. Oh, actually, that's a fun thing. Uh, <laughs> I actually dropped $20 on a neat little item uh, called... Uh, I don't have the name written down. <laughs> but Sly Flourish is a... Uh, internet dungeon and, and dragons personality who uh, has made uh, a reputation for himself i believe uh for his lazy dungeon master uh series just sort of a collection of uh guidebooks and materials um for dungeon masters who do not feel like spending hours of prep uh and i recently snagged a shit ton of Sly Flourish's work for $20. Uh, this is not an ad for Sly Flourish, by the way. <laughs> I, we they are not, want to pay us. We're not sponsored by Sly Flourish, but Sly Flourish, if you want to pay me and Cam and us together, <laughs> <laughs> then you can, and I'll advertise for you. Uh, but anyway, I am sort of a pantser DM. Uh, <laughs> I just sort of plot things in the shower. <laughs> That's where I do the heavy lifting of my DM work. Um, so I'm very excited to get reading. Uh, I did just say I wasn't much for reading, but I meant in my video games. Uh, so I'm 
actually looking forward to being a better dungeon master. Uh, go to www.drivethroughrpg.com and Google Sly Flourish. <laughs> uh, please give us money. <laughs> Anybody. We're not picky. We're a little picky. We, I, I'm but, a we're little not, picky. but we're not that picky. Don't be nervous. If Biscuit wants to try and sponsor us, I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> what if we get Thank sponsored you. by Dave Grohl? Uh, this is a seamless transition into the AlternativeNation.net article that I have. Uh, how will I read this one to you? So this Could one... Not... <laughs> That's an option. This article. Uh, you know what? Yeah, because I actually don't... There's not a good uh, spot to read and then have to guess the title. And mostly I just want to do some complaining about AlternativeNation.net. So I will simply tell you the title. Uh, it says, Dave Grohl brutally disrespected on plane in sad photo. Uh, and I must now show you the image of Dave Grohl that accompanies this excellent headline. It looks, like, photo. it looks like this. Not... <laughs> He's sort of just glaring at the camera. It's very funny to me. Dave Grohl! Um, but it's just his face! Over the uh, months that we've been recording this podcast and, and the episodes in which I've been talking about AlternativeNation.net, I've begun to notice a pattern, which is that AlternativeNation.net does not do reporting, uh, it just quotes people on Reddit, <laughs> and four <laughs> out of the five paragraphs in this article are Reddit comments, <laughs> and I'm so confused as to why, A, we're taking Reddit as a source, and B, why I'm giving this website any more hits for doing this. <laughs> I just want to know why. None of this is news. This is not a news website. No journalism is happening. <laughs> this article also has one comment by a guy named Jack Kelly uh, one month ago. It says, fucking bastards, leave the guy alone. <laughs> I'm thoroughly confused. What, what was the... The Pitchfork article I sent you a while back. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, it wasn't I, the. 50... I didn't read the article. I just read the title, and I was like, "Well, this isn't worth my fucking time." It was. <laughs> it was not the fifty essential emo albums from the genre's thirty-five year history, or thirty essential emo albums. Fucking. That gets me angry for other reasons. But <laughs> okay, it's up some more then talk about that next week well, well how about that because we're already sure. half an hour into this we That's talked so much about <laughs> yeah my computer only has so much battery what was the pitchfork article you sent me i believe it was just just simply titled tool announced tour oh <laughs> helpful i could have to be fair that's like kind of news but it's also oh yeah here it is <laughs> but why you can of just... all people did Pitchfork talk about it. Pitchfork hates Tool. Do they really? You know what? That doesn't surprise me. I fucking hate Tool. <laughs> I, 
uh, have barely ever heard a Tool song in my life, and instantly, because I've heard that Pitchfork hates Tool, I've now become a full-on Tool stan. <laughs> if you talk shit about Tool on Twitter, I'm going to be your reply guy and harass you off Twitter. I talk shit about Tool, about tool on Twitter sometimes. All right, here I fucking come, Cam. You better be ready. <laughs> oh, but, like... If you ever get the chance and you're really bored and you want to fucking <laughs> scream, read the review they did for Lateralists. <laughs> I've definitely wanted to scream about Pitchfork reviews uh, a lot of times in my life. <laughs> I want it's... to scream about the fact that they gave Bleed American a 3.1. They really did. They did Jimmy dirty. Jimmy and Eat and World and all the members of that band. <laughs> They did them dirty. They give futures. Hang on, this is. I feel like they like futures. futures? I mean, everybody likes. I'm feeling a solid five. I actually like futures less than Bleed American and Clarity. It's fair, but also Pain is a bop, and I will never hear anything different. Yeah, there's some really great songs on it. To like, to be sure, I don't dislike futures at all. I like it, Um, but it isn't my favorite. I'm feeling. I feel like they gave him a solid five. That's my feeling. If they talked about it, uh, surviving. No, integrity blues futures. They gave it a three. They gave it a three. They gave it lower than Bleed American. What in the goddamn hell? What song titles like Work, Kill, and Pain, Jimmy Eight World may have finally dragged Emo hey. down as far as it can go. Hey, hey, do you want to know what they gave Surviving? Oh, it's right here. I might as well. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you gotta admit, it is nice. Great sex interrupted by a period, Dave. That's not nice at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> to be clear, what? they gave it a 6.9. Why the fuck? <laughs> That's more than twice what they gave Bleed American. <laughs> Total garbage. Driving was not bad, but it was not this good. What a website. Beloved Arizona emo band's latest is a solid self aware effort missing only a few risks. <laughs> Futures got a three? Absolutely unreal. <laughs> Wait, no, I actually need to read the, the sort of blurb for the Futures review. With song titles like Work, Kill, and Pain, Jimmy World may have finally dragged Emo down as far as it can go. To Pitchfork? This is the, <laughs> this is the lowest you can get with Emo. <laughs> One of the most beloved Emo records. <laughs> To ever do it. <laughs> is... Thank fucking God Pitchfork has never heard... I... Oh! Music? Thank God they've never heard music? <laughs> did they do Clarity? Did they do Clarity better than I did Clarity? I think they did a classic review for Clarity. That's what I think. Um, but let's see if they have uh, I'm one. not seeing it. The only four that I have on... Here is uh, Surviving, Integrity Blues, Futures, and Bleed American. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. Weird. 
Oh well, that just means that we got the capital. We capitalized on it. We did what Pitchfork couldn't, and that's why you're listening to us. We did what Pitchfork couldn't. We listened to music. Wow, and talked about it in a meaningful, substantive manner. Also, we're not fucking assholes. That's true. That's true. We're not All right, assholes. Let's talk about music now and stop shitting on Pitchfork, even though it's fun. <laughs> it is time. Uh, as it often is, for banding together, the part of the show where we talk about the music that we have listened to. Uh, who goes first? <laughs> I will say that I will go first. I hope you do. I want to save your album for last. Okay. It's a treat for me. So, recently, I don't know what the deal has been. I've been listening to Fit for an Autopsy a lot. <laughs> I mean, you enjoyed them. That's real enough. I listened. I went through their back catalog, and I the one that I ended up liking the most was their 2015 album, Absolute Hope, Absolute Hell. Okay, fun title. <clears throat> Some really good tracks on here with uh, lyrics that, like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, very happily by uh, the lead singer saying, put me in the fucking ground. Exciting. Um, <laughs> I you said that and that awoke something in my brain, uh, and the thing that it awoke was "Wriggle Like a Fucking Eel," which is a song by White House, <laughs> a harsh noise band from I believe England, uh, that I now <laughs> want to listen to for the next week. Anyway, continue. Uh, they also have a song on here called "Murder in the First, which is it should be renamed to "Eat the Rich." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I can get behind it. Um, one of their one of the my one of my more favorite lyrics is uh, "Worship your workshops like thoughtless fucking pigeons with your heads cut off, twitching in a foolish fucking rhythm." There you go. Say what and you will about metal. This they they do good lyrics. That's the sentence that I'm gonna stick with. That's a sentence. That's what uh, you're getting also, from me. <laughs> I've also been listening to um, the cover album that Nate Wants to Battle made of pretty much every Sonic song. Okay. All right, it's not every Sonic song. You might have to hook me up with this. Music Night is tomorrow. I'm definitely going to play at least one of the covers he did. Fuck yeah, that's right. The the album is called Gotta Go Fast, because of course it is. (laughs) And a titular, gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, covers the entire spectrum of, like, Crush 40 songs and other uh, lyrical songs that came out in the Sonic games. <laughs> he covered his fucking world, for God's sake. I love his world. It's actually really good. Not the Crush 40 like, version. The Crush 40 like, version is a little slow for my taste, but the Zebra version actually fucks. The Zebra head. like the parts that are not rapping. He covered I Am All of Me, which is really all that I ever wanted. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one also fucks. I can't believe I still remember as many of the words to it as I do. <laughs> Anybody who... Like, say what you will about Shadow the Hedgehog as a game. Soundtrack was stupid, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it everything that Crush 40 has ever done slaps. And I'll die on that hill. 
Also, I've been listening to um, Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie. We've talked oh, that's about a it good before. one. <laughs> yeah, we have. Title it's track. Near to my heart. But I still hate the title track, but uh, songs that I previously didn't enjoy as much, like Expo 86 and um, A Lack of Color has been growing on me as well. album. According to my... According to my fucking uh, Google Play, I have listened to Tiny Vessels 50 times, which probably says more about me as a person than it should. That's really good. And <laughs> it's underrated, I would say. It's very sad. That's why it I'm is. saying these words. That's true. <laughs> hey, what have you been listening to? I uh, spent a day listening to some of my faves. Uh, so that was... Um, I think this was like shortly after there was a there's a meme going on on Twitter about seven albums to know me by. Uh, so I slapped down seven of my favorites and then I thought to myself, I should listen to these. So uh, I just spent one night once listening to uh, Act Two, The Meaning of and All Things Regarding Misleading uh, by the Deer Hunter. That's I think my favorite Deer Hunter album, but it's it's close. Act five is up there. Act one is up there. The other two are also very close to it. And The Hanged Man is probably going to be up there as well. Uh, when The Hanged Man comes out, you will be able to hear me screaming from all across America. Oh, we're both so fucking ready for this. Um, so I listened to that, and then I listened to Cosmic Thrill Seekers by Prince Daddy and the Hyena again, and the first Glass Beach album by Glass Beach again on that night. And I thought that that made for a pretty good night as far as music is concerned. Uh, I also listened to some stuff that I hadn't heard before. Uh, I, well, this is, that's sort of a lie, because I had uh, saved to my library about half of Jimmy World's debut record, Static Prevails, uh, for a long time, probably like a year, maybe less uh, now, um, but it had always taken me a while to sort of get into the back half. Um, and I listened to it again. And it was still a little a little rough. I would say that they definitely hadn't sort of hit their footing yet. Uh, but I think that Static Prevails is a more solid record than we often give it credit for. Uh, so some of the highlights from my most recent lesson were Robot Factory I liked, Digits I liked, Caveman I liked, which shares a song with an unreleased Weezer song uh, that the entire Weezer subreddit got fooled into thinking was a different song one time. That's how I remember that name. Um, I listened to, uh, there's a single by a band called Dogleg called Kawasaki, Bla <laughs> Kawasaki Backflip. Uh, <laughs> it's a tongue twister, okay? I didn't think it would be, but it is. <laughs> Kawasaki Backflip. <laughs> you did it. Uh, <laughs> Dogleg is a band that toured with Glass Beach uh, just recently. I, they might still be touring with keep them. saying Glass Beach. I keep hearing Glass Jaw, and I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> sound like somebody you would listen to. <laughs> Glass Jaw. Aren't they a... They're a post-hardcore okay. band, aren't they? They're post-hardcore, yeah. That's like but almost they're like... my bag. I listen to like Fall of Troy and Hail the Sun and shit. Well, they're like the Alexis on Fire brand of gotcha. uh, post-hardcore. So gotcha. that's why I'm like, mm. They're, like, sort of adjacent to me, but, yeah, I haven't listened to Glassdraw. Um, I associate them with Sparta for some reason. And I guess Sparta is, like, 
close to post-hardcore, but they're really more alternative. They might have been on tour once or something. I don't know. Um, besides that, I did manage to listen to Burst and Decay uh, 2, Volume 2. Uh, it came out after our last episode. It came out, I think, the day after. Uh, and they did a... My boys did a good job with this one. <laughs> uh, the singles were good, so I was already pretty sure I was going to like it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the orchestration on here is great. Uh, and Soupy's voice is always incredible. Um, so, yeah, no no criticisms of that. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, most recently, I listened again to A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, which was Panic at the Disco's uh, debut album. And I... Sorry. Enjoyed myself. You're about to say something. <laughs> I said I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... There's some things about it that I don't always love. Um, and I haven't quite put my finger on what those things are yet. But I'm going to say this. I think it actually sounds a lot like The Circus by the Venetia Fair. <laughs> um, not necessarily in terms of like uh, hardness. Obviously, Panic of the Disco is a lot more. Um... I remember when Brendan Urie said to sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, their production is a lot more slick, uh, but there are some there are some things here that I uh, what's the phrase I am looking for? I'm not sure. There were just some things on both records that I thought were surprisingly similar. I think that the lyrics, the the style of lyrics, if you take a listen to... Uh, oh god, I'm going to try to remember the whole name of the song. <laughs> it's called... Those tables are numbered for a reason... No, there's a reason those tables are numbered, honey... You just have to. You just haven't found it yet. I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, that is the whole name of one song. <laughs> uh, but there were there were some lines on that that I thought were like very similar to the Venetia Fair. There's some uh, like the way that they use horns, uh, for example, on um, "But It's Better If You Do," uh, which is the song that precedes sort of their famous one. Uh, I write since not tragedies. Um, I don't know. There's just some. <laughs> Some things that I felt were strikingly similar here, and I kind of want to know if the Venetia Fair has ever listened to Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Like, it'd be hard to avoid them, but I I wonder if they're like, are they emo fans? <laughs> I'm not I mean, convinced they're considering not. Considering how much they ape My Chemical Romance, they kind of fucking. This is true. Me. This is true. In a good way. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I have spent my time listening to uh, recently. All right, I I am listening. I found an article from okay. loudersound.com where it says it's like a guide to Devin Townsend's best albums. And the okay. first one they put on here was Epic Cloud. And I want to know why, because <laughs> Epic Cloud is not bad. It's starting out. <laughs> less noticeable maybe than his other work kind like, of in a, the in a only red album like place album that i have not fully enjoyed was ocean machine and that's just because i thought it was boring mm -hmm. 
Um, but like, if I had to pick an Devin Townsend album for people to start, I'd probably go with either Addicted or Deconstruction. Hmm. One of those two. Second, they recommend his newest one, which is Empath, and no. You think so? Because I remember listening. I listened to, is it Genesis was the first song uh, on it? I remember listening to Genesis when it came out, and I found it enjoyable. Like, it's an enjoyable record, but the record is the most Devin Townsend that a Devin Townsend record can get, and that can turn people away if that's not what they're looking for. I gotcha. Yeah. That's why I suggested Addicted, because that's a lot more easily digestible of an album, as mm-hmm. opposed to a 23-minute ending song. <laughs> Fair enough. Or <laughs> but... a five-minute song that's just, it sounds like it's part of a fucking musical. <laughs> In defense of 23-minute ending songs, uh, when I was first getting my uh, baby head into the Mars Volta, uh Everywhere I looked told me to start with Francis the Mute. <laughs> it also gave me a headache, but you know what? I turned out a Mars Volta fan, so I think it all worked out. They put deconstruction like near the bottom, and that I just can't agree with. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. That's my Devin Townsend rant of the night. Good good rant, I'd say. Now we're gonna start ch 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 changing into the next section. <laughs> Have you taken your David Bowie meds? Turn and face the strange. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week, I have given you uh, an album called Shoots Too Narrow by The Shins. This is an album I used to listen to when I was in high school. Uh, and I would yeah, say that I have... <laughs> no, yesterday. <laughs> uh, I would say that I have uh, probably grown out of The Shins at this point in my life. I found them maybe a little bit tamer than the kind of thing that I'd prefer to listen to. Uh, I would say they sort of have a reputation for just playing it a little safer than I would like. Um, but every now and then I come back to a Shin's song or two, and um, there's even one or two that I still have saved to my Spotify uh, or that I perk up uh, and listen to if I hear playing on the radio. That one never happens, actually. Uh, but I remember hearing Caring is Creepy uh, off their first record one time in my AP Biology class. Uh, anyway, The Shins right. are a band, I want to say, from Pacific Northwest. I'm going to play it safe and say Pacific Northwest. I could be wrong. I'm actually going to look that one up, uh, The Shins. Uh, but they were formed out of uh, James Mercer's Uh, former band Broken Bells that I think are actually maybe still releasing music? I'm unclear. Uh, They are from from New Mexico, so I was way off. (laughs) Uh, The Shins uh, is really more of James Mercer's project than uh, sort of band effort. Uh, Recently, uh, he and the other bandmates had a kind of falling out uh, prior or at, right after the release of Port of Morrow, which is the last Shins album I remember keeping up with. I did not listen much to Heartworms, and I did not much enjoy it. Uh, but anyway, Shoots Too Narrow is their second album uh, from 2003. Uh, it is probably their second most well-known album after their first, which would be Oh, Inverted World. 
uh, sort of got a lot of praise among indie rock circles for being uh, a kind of a lo-fi hit. Shoots Too Narrow, they um, uh, sort of glossed up their production uh, and went a little uh, more alt-rock uh, on some of the songs. Um, there's still a fair few ballads here. Uh, so, yeah, The Shins is a band that was special to me, uh, and I don't so much count them among my favorites at, anymore, but uh, Shoot Sonera is probably the, sol the most solid Shins record, in my opinion. Can I say things now? You can say things now. <laughs> I stopped my rant. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to get everything out. Just mm -hmm. be nice. Just sort of info um, dump about the shins don't worry i'm gonna info dump the hell out of you, out of what i gave you right. um so uh if if you want a quick easy opinion as opposed to me talking about each individual track like i normally do describe this album is relaxing okay listening to it i just felt relatively peaceful and a feeling that I haven't felt in a long time, which I think might be childlike joy and enjoy and uh, entertainment. I love that for you. Um, but like, I don't know what it was. I listened to this album like three or four times. I can barely remember how it goes, but I do recall <laughs> liking it every single time that I listened to it. That's yeah. I would say that's sort of par. There are two exceptions, and we'll get to them. The kissing the lipless. I'm gonna talk about the lyrics for the songs. I don't remember the the tune too, because sure, I remember the tune um, pretty well. It's probably the it's actually the only one that's remained in my Spotify library. So kissing the lipless is the first track. Um, the la the <laughs> the first line is called to see if your back was still aligned. Mine isn't. Genius seems to think that this is just a, a stupid thing. Why the fuck are you calling just for no reason? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it, get, if your back is unaligned, then it means that you've blown your back out, which yeah, is the euphemism Is it really? That's, yeah. Holy shit. Have I you never know. heard that before? No, I never have. Have you never? Do you, do you think that I would have heard that? Look, you know so much weird shit. I wouldn't have been surprised if you knew that. Okay, that's fair enough. That's I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> Basically, but I had never heard song, that before. This is a song where he's like, "Hey, are you getting any, or are you single?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of the song is it, it's a breakup song. Hmm. That's not a bad thing. From what, like I said, from what I recall, I enjoyed listening to it. There was not a song in here I did not like listening to. I will put it that way. Mm -hmm. The second track is called "Mine's Not a High Horse." Yes, it is. I kind of like got lost in the soundscape that the album was giving me. So uh, there are a few songs where I like didn't pay attention to the lyrics as much. Fair enough. Uh, I'll spoil it. Uh, this one is about James Mercer's atheism, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a couple of songs about that. 
reading it, I could see it as like, um, like confronting somebody about maybe a uh, just a miscommunication or a lie of some kind. Because there's the first line of, after that confrontation, you left me wringing my cold hands. We shared some information we might not recover from. Mm-hmm. Like, that can be taken a handful of different ways. Mm-hmm. Then I look down and I see they ought to drown him in holy water. And I'm like, ah, yes, this is about religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I like this last line of, will you remember my reply, one finger parallel to the sky? It's a good rhyme. Um, I seem to remember being a pretty good uh, sort of musical moment there. Although I will say it's been probably a year since I listened to this record in full. <laughs> Wait, this was a this was a single. Okay, was it? I guess it was. Uh, not this one. The next one. Sorry. Oh, then. oh so yeah, this, different... this one was a single. Why was this one a single? This, <laughs> it's okay. kind of a jaunty little tune. I mean, it's... Again, I I vaguely remember this one, and I did enjoy it. But... See mm-hmm. it as single material? There. I don't know. I do like the, the chorus, the ending chorus of... Because if it makes them money, they might just give you life this time. Mm-hmm kind of a like a biting tone to the to that line that I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the tune is sort of single worthy, but I think there's maybe other ones on this that I've listened there's, to a lot more. There's one song that if it's not a single, I'm going to kill somebody cuz <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Whoa, what? 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 What are you doing? What's good, my dude? What's going on, genius? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so says I is a song. Um, pulling teeth from the pimps of gore is a lyric. <laughs> it is. There are some wild lyrics on this album. Well, trust me, we'll get to that on my side too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um. God, I feel so bad because, like, I'm sure they're in here. <laughs> All the tune. Would think <laughs> I've listened to it four times. <laughs> that's you know that's completely fair. <laughs> I think the reason that I oh wait. I again, so god damn it. Uh, <laughs> I remember this song, and I like this one. I young the young way, Pilgrims. I liked how kind of slow it was. Like, mm-hmm. reminds me of Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Which is not an insult, because, like, there's a part of me that still likes Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> um, but this song seems to more or less be like all the like I don't know, like the stories and 
the things that you're taught as a child where it's like, oh, there are great heroes out there and uh, where's the line? Fuck is it? Under bridge, I assume. Of course I was raised to gather courage from those lofty tales, so tried and true. And if you're able, I'd suggest it, because this modern thought can get, can get the best of you. Mm-hmm. Basically a way of saying that, like, I would recommend you stick strictly to the ways of these stories taught in the past, because thinking about things in the modern sense will just get you down. Mm-hmm. Which is fair, because not everything that was taught in the past fully applies to the, to the now. And yeah. that's true even today, not just in 2003. Man, 2003, that was a different time. That was one year before 2004 which was the best year for Green Day. <laughs> I suppose. 2003 kind of sucked for them because they had their album that they were working on stolen. Oh, really? That's a story we'll get into another day. Wild. But right now we're talking about the shins. We are. St. Simon. I'll be honest, this is the only one that I like do not remember at all. <laughs> yeah, this one is sort of a sort of a callback to the stuff that they were doing on O Inverted World. It's a um it's got an interesting kind of melody. Uh I would say it's um not generally what you usually hear from the shins going forward. Uh I like this one a lot. I think it's got some it's got a good melody, it's got some good lyrics, I think. Uh, and I remember liking this one a lot. And I... Who did you say the lead singer was for this band? I'm sorry. James Mercer. He has a way about him in terms of lyrics that is... I wouldn't say familiar, but... um, It's very homey, I guess, is the way that I can say it. I agree with this. There's a uniqueness about it. I, I think there's, yeah, there's also, like, a familiarity to it. Like, you listen to the shins for the first time, and it's like, oh, this is, you know, that band. And I, I, I'm i going to make a really dumb statement here, but I think the shins is, like, the closest thing to the platonic form of alternative rock that's not but rock. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk about fighting in the sack? Sorry, I got a text that I had to answer. Ah, texts. Fighting in a, in a sack um, is an AJJ song. <laughs> it kind of is. It is, but it's just an AJJ song. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> they it's not it. a bad thing, because I like AJJ, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I can I can totally see it now. It needs, like... Oh no, it's got it's got a curse word in it. We're good. <laughs> a single curse word. <laughs> they said their yeah, they said their ass word. Uh they get that PG thirteen rating. <laughs> Babies don't listen to this album. Dave, what would you give the album that I gave you a rating of? Um, it's probably a, an E for everyone. Uh 
the uh, and and where everyone is short for everyone who is in Iowa, Iowa. I love Iowa. The fusion between Ohio and Iowa, two of the worst states. It's what it deserves. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a good track. I remember it because it's like a faster, punkier kind of song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably one of the fastest on the album. Like I said, it's 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 an AJJ song. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually like to hear AJJ do this now. You put it in my head. That would be cool. We should tweet at AJJ Singer, whose name I forget, because I'm bad at names. Sean Bonnet, I believe. There we go. I like this one. Um, I like the lyrics a lot. It seems to more or less be just about the passage of time and how much it sucks. <laughs> yeah. The last line of the chorus: "The years have been short, but the days were long." Like I fucking feel that. Felt that in my bones. Deep down in my uh, bony hands, as cold as a winter pole. Yeah. Oh, this is the one. Okay, so earlier I thought there was a song where. <clears throat> Um, he basically says, like, he makes a couple movie references, or, yeah. like, he talks about the fact that things have been poorly cast, or this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. This is the song. This is that. I like that line a lot. Yeah, I think it's really good. It actually kind of reminds me of the, there's a Postal Service song called Clark Gable that's a lot like that. Fucking Postal Service. Superman Gibbard coming back again. <laughs> I think I'll probably give you Postal Service at some point. Not the time for the postal service. This is the time for the shins. That's true. I like the line in here as well. I don't look back much as a rule. Before murder was cool. <laughs> Why did you include this? <laughs> I okay. Genius apparently has an explanation for it. I can't help. I can't help but feel like he just sort of <laughs> wrote this one in and never edited it. Hang on. I just noticed that this album was recorded at James Marster's basement. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if he has a, like a basement studio thing going on. I imagine he probably does at this point. More than likely. Oh! Oh, this... Okay. Turn a square is good for one line and one line only. Turn a square is really fucking good. Just a glimpse of an ankle and I react like it's 1805. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a good line for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's also relatable. <laughs> it is. Basically, it's saying when you don't get any for long enough, anything starts to look sexy. <laughs> now I don't personally relate to it, but I agree that it. I personally relate to it. It is relatable. Door <laughs> once and saw there was like a bottle of rum. I didn't buy it. But there was, like, a caricature of a pirate woman on there, and I sent it to my friend and said, this pi- this bottle of rum can get it. I need a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's my embarrassment for the night. Now let's talk about my favorite song on the album. Sure. I love Gone for Good. Gone for Good is, like, actually a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> 
Like, the tune is just so relaxing. It is. Calmer listening to it. And then I listen to the lyrics, and I'm like, fuck. This is good. Yeah. Like the line in here, I find a fatal flaw in the logic of love and go out of my head. Mm. I just... Uh, this specific song that just... I get a sense of nostalgia. I feel peace when I listen to it. I'm sitting on a beach and just relaxing in front of an ocean as opposed to driving around in a work truck for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. when that can happen you've and then those to come is kind of boring I agree <laughs> I, 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 I'm not about those to come I, I wish that I wish that it had ended on Gone for Good because that's a better song in my opinion Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> would you believe I don't actually remember what this one sounds like? <laughs> oh, or yes, I completely believe it. Because I barely remember what it sounds like. Is this fucking about sperm? <laughs> it's definitely about sperm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know what? I'm bumping the rating for this one up. It's clearly an NC-17. <laughs> the uh, title is a pun! Oh my god, I've been fooled! I've been bamboozled by the shins. James yeah. Mercer got me to think about cum. Shoots too narrow! Oh my oh. god. Oh my god. We're ignoring that! We're ignoring that! <laughs> I can't get away! <laughs> You're all so horny. Oh, was pretty good album. My favorite song was Gone for Good just because it made me feel very relaxed. And, like, I don't think I would go back to this unless I wanted to just shut my brain off for 30 minutes. But I enjoyed what I listened to. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I feel betrayed and lied to, and it's time to talk about an album that isn't horny at all. (laughs) And that's... Really? Are you sure about that? There's nothing about this that is horny ever. Nothing. No, not even sex. Never. Never that. Not fucking. Not breeding. Not coming. I'm ta- that's right, everybody. I'm talking about Iowa by Slipknot. You say that again for the people at home? Not coming. Not breeding. Not coming. I'm talking about Iowa by Slipknot. Oh, if you don't know who Slipknot not coming, is... Not breeding. Not fucking. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Slipknot is. What fucking rock have you been living under for the past 20 years? Even I know I, about Slipknot. I, I'm disappointed in you. I, both of us also, are disappointed in you, whoever you are. Slipknot is a metal band from, uh, I believe most of them are from Des Moines, Iowa. They are a nine-piece metal band. <laughs> they really are. I'm looking at this gif of them all. Uh, jamming out at what I assume is uh, whoever had the late show before Jimmy Fallon. Send me the gif and I can probably tell you. Um, 
But Iowa is their second album, technically third, but nobody nobody counts the 1994 album. Uh, <laughs> I gave this album today for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, March is Metal Month, so all throughout the rest of the month, Dave is going to get metal albums. March mm-hmm. is also my month. It's my favorite month. It is my birth month. Thusly, he gets some of my more favorite metal albums. So I decided, why not? We'll go with Iowa. If, correct me if I'm wrong. This is your first experience with Slipknot, isn't it? Yeah, I've never heard a Slipknot song actually in my life before now. And that's not sarcastic. It sounds like it's sarcastic, but it's not. <laughs> that's a really good game. Can you? Are you able to see um, what, what I titled it? <laughs> Shit, hang on. If I... <laughs> oh, I hate it, but I love it so much. Let's talk about the album. Okay. Uh, Iowa by Slipknot is um, a big fucking deal. Um, like, like I said, it's their second album. Their first album... Like, it's not the worst thing. There are definitely some bangers on there. I will still listen to Sick and Eyeless every once in a while. Fairly forgettable, bland new metal album that doesn't try anything new. And then they released Iowa. Dave, let's talk about Iowa. Yeah. I was not exactly expecting this, but I think that Iowa kind of slaps. I mean, oh, I was ex- yeah. I was expecting it to be good as far as you know, new metal is concerned, but I was surprised by how much I liked it. Uh, it starts uh, the opening track is five fifteen, which I did not realize had lyrics. Uh, there are so many lyrics in here. <laughs> uh, so LD fifty by Mudvayne is my only other point of reference for new metal, so I will probably make some comparisons to. LD50 over the course of this episode. Uh, but yeah, 515 sort of felt like it was in that same kind of weird metal vein that the opening track for LD50 was. The name escapes me right now. But uh, it's very, it's it's meant, it's intended to be very spooky, very dark. Uh, I was expecting darkness going to Slipknot, I guess, but uh, 515 is a good, it's a very good mood setter. I think. Um, before we move on to the first actual track, sure. I'm going to go over the nine members of the band that were in this album. Do that. So, the band as a whole at this point was lead singer Corey Taylor, um, turntablist Sid Wilson. They have a turntablist. Okay. Um, uh, the two guitarists, Jim Root and Mick Thompson, uh, the bassist, uh, Paul Gray. The drummer, Joey Jordison. The two extra percussionists, Sean Clown Crayon and uh, Chris Fenn. I do know Clown. We'll get to Clown. And lastly, oh my the God. guy who nobody really knows what he does, and that's Craig Jones, who is listed as a media specialist. <laughs> uh, something just hit me. I don't remember if we ever talked about this in DMs, but... Is Clown the guy who did 
Clowns Welcome Home. That fucking remix. Oh my god. No, I fucking I hate Slipknot now. I'm sorry. I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll forgive them. This time. Watch yourself, Sean. (laughs) Apparently the song is just named after the Iowa area code. That's not that surprising to me. There's a couple of like older like classic rock albums that have that going on. Uh, the only vocals in this song, you know, the word death repeated over and over again. Right. It's not Corey Taylor, it's Sid Wilson. Okay. He just like went into the studio one day and just started screaming death and they recorded it and they were like, this is fucking great. <laughs> we're going to use this one, bro. <laughs> then they did. And then they did. And then they wrote people equal shit. Uh, Which is a fuck banger it kind of is yeah i really like cory taylor's cory's vocalist yes 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 uh i like it when cory goes uh almost like spoken word kind of on this when he just sort of talks shit into the microphone i think that's a really good touch uh, and he does it a lot on this record uh but he also he does it a lot on this song uh, some kind of rocks. Uh, so generally, I would say like the first probably half of this album, maybe probably more, um, has a sort of stompy kind of uh, ooh word it's coming syncopated uh, kind of feel to it um, that uh, sort of wasn't the case on. Uh, LD50, I think Mudvayne had sort of a, they had like a slap bass thing going on, uh, and it was, um, in a way, like a little more funk influenced almost. Um, this is, uh, different in that sort of the bass is a little less melodic here, um, but it's like, there's still a very present groove, and I really liked that, especially in this song. Um, like, the thing that I like. <clears throat> Comparing Slipknot and Mudvayne, Mudvayne is a lot more bass oriented. Mm-hmm. Slipknot, because they have the three drummers, is a lot more percussion oriented. Yeah, I think the the percussion here is really good. I think there's some there's a couple of like drum fills uh, or like patterns that they do in between uh, in between lines of verses. I think that are really exceptional here. Let's talk about those lyrics, shall we? We can talk about those lyrics. <laughs> From what I remember reading, uh, the band wrote this at a time where they fucking hated everything. Okay. You know, we all have those moments. You can tell strictly by listening to this one song that Corey Taylor really hated everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's very much a sort of angry kind of fuck everyone song. The title um, is people well, shit for fuck's sake yeah <laughs> i yeah and i respect that um i think it's interesting the turnaround they do in in the chorus for the first i think four or so lines in the chorus um they have a different rhythm from the like they start sort of speeding up the rhythm uh the next four times and then Corey will like fill it in with some shit talk uh in between repetitions um, I think that's Corey, 
really cool. Kari is really good at shit talking. <laughs> he just he just does it, dude. <laughs> so, with that, we should move on to track three. And um, before we do, Dave, I have a question for you. Okay, what's the question? You have a time where you just heard the first lyric of a song, and you went, "Oh God." This is going to be something, like, big, something different, something that changes a lot in terms of the way that you view something in this particular I think I have. Mind sharing that experience? And unless it's this song, because don't, don't talk about this song. <laughs> it's uh, Batsumo Del Fuoco by The Deer Hunter, actually. Oh, yeah. Very fair. Um... So, this song, I heard it when I was, like, 15. Okay. And ever since then, I've been listening to heavier and heavier music. Can't wait to tell ya. You listen to death metal enough, you hear some pretty violent, fucked-up lyrics. <laughs> Admittedly. I hold, I hold all of them up to the standard of what this song does and what the very first line of the song is. And nothing has beaten it in terms of brutality. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. The, the lyrics on this one are really something. Oh my god. <laughs> Probably say it so, so sure. that we're not just like talking out of our ass. <laughs> sure. The you first line is hold on honest. to something. It's hold on to something. No. Uh <laughs> This song is I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun. God damn. That's definitely a thing that someone uh, could do. Like, we talk about, like I said, brutality, death metal, hear a lot of fucked up shit. I have never heard something that out there in the first line of the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it continues. <laughs> like, that's not where it stops. <laughs> I would think that that would be the point it stops, but it just keeps going. Yeah, that whole verse sort of <laughs> carries out uh, sort of Violent attack on literature. <laughs> in a good way. What's funny is the lyric that stuck in my head, the lyric that I saw uh, and was like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that, was people make noises. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of a stupid line. But it's a little goofy. The part where he's like, people make noises when they're sick, and he's basically saying, everybody's sick, fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. Is uh, clown and Chris shouting? No one is safe. Yeah, I don't I think, know why that, that resonates with me. I think the rhythmic cadence of the of the lyrics in this one are very good. I mean, I think that about all of these songs. I think Corey Taylor's lyrics uh, lend themselves well to that lyrical cadence. He's also really good at rhyming them. Um, I think we said the name of the song. 
Uh, it's called Disaster Piece. <laughs> we, it's a really good right. name. We definitely did not. I think it's a really good name, actually. said it's a really good name. Oh, I thought you said it's weird. <laughs> it's a good name. It is. Uh, yeah, I also think Another that... Another pun. God damn it. We did it. <laughs> uh, I also think the outro for this is really good. Um, with Corey shouting, I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, I love... Uh... I love it. That's love really that. good. Yeah, I like the disaster piece. The, uh, the bridge in this song where everything slows down and Corey like seems to get a bit more vulnerable in his lyrics, mm-hmm. and ah, I just mm, it's good stuff. I like mm-hmm. Corey Taylor's normal singing voice. I think he has one of the better singing voices in rock music. Yeah, and like in the Iowa, you wouldn't know really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the next track actually does, I think, if I'm not mistaken, contain a little, just a little bit of clean singing by Corey. Um, yeah. Which is, this is uh, my plague. Was this? Why was it a single? Because it was on the Resident Evil OST. <laughs> <laughs> Check out that album art. I'm not sure if you have the genius. I have it. I have it. That's some 2003-ass shit right there. I've Love seen the... all of these movies. They're all Love horrible. that color grading. Oh, so this was this was on the movie. Yeah, that's I've, I've heard that the Resident Evil movies are uh, sort of a plague on cinema. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but my plague uh, is, unlike the Resident Evil movies, not bad at all. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, I enjoyed uh, the line, I'll reach in and take a bite out of that shit you call a heart. I thought that was good. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, it just sort of resonated with me. <laughs> the part in this song that always sticks out to me is where he goes, the only thing you really know about me is, and then he oh, takes yeah. a gigantic pause. <laughs> yeah, that one also <laughs> stuck out to me. I thought it was... It's funny in a dark way that and that i really enjoyed um yeah and hey, I, think... I like if i had to choose a song that was considered the quote-unquote worst it might be this one but Fair that's enough. just because i listen to this one so frequently yeah and like if, to be the worst song on the album iowa is not a bad thing to be at all King right yeah you want to talk about Everything Ends? Far wrong, fucked, and overrated. I think I'm going to be sick and it's your fault. This one's really fucking good. So good. <laughs> I love the chorus. It's a breakup song, but goddamn is it good. It's really, like, just the, like, this is sort of where Corey's rhythm and Corey's uh, shit talk kind of come together to form the, uh, <laughs> just something great here um yeah like you you said the first few lines of the chorus he delivers them extremely well uh yeah i mean (laughs) yeah do you have things to say about this because i ran out of them faster than i thought i would Um, (laughs) this is a fairly personal song for me because like I said, it is a breakup song, but it seems to be particularly about an abusive situation. Mm. 
Like in verse two, he says, my flaws are the only thing left that's pure, can't really live, can't really endure. Everything I see reminds me of her. God, I wish I didn't care anymore. Yeah. That's a that's a big thing. Also, the song is... The uh, song is also, uh, according to Corey, about the last time he tried to commit suicide. Hmm. So, you know, fun experiences all around. Right, just generally a positive song. Not a happy album, by the way. Do not listen to this if you if you want to be happy. <laughs> yeah, this is probably like the best that you're gonna get is satisfyingly angry. Yeah, and let me tell you, when you're angry, this album hits the right spot. Mm, I believe that. But, uh, we have to count down for this next song. So uh, <laughs> eight, seven, six, 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 five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, track number six is the Heretic Anthem. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, this sort of taps into that sort of, um, like, you know, uh, kind of fuck uh, Christianity kind of thing. Um, I like it. <laughs> uh, which is funny for me, given what I just said in, uh, earlier in the episode. Uh, about being at a Christian college, it's a it's a wild place. <laughs> That's what I'll say about that. Um, no, but I think yeah. Um, sure. I mean, I was also reminded of the uh, Morgan uh, track six six six. That's yeah. Morgan, right? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, it's just called six six six. Yeah, forgot I forgot the name of the band real quick. Had to reach into my brain and pull out the Capcom Demon Girl, uh, and then we are fine. <laughs> oh no, Morgan's the name of the song. Morgan's a different song. <laughs> Damn it, got it wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it came into my brain right as he said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, sort of a similar thing going on here, leaning into that. Uh, Six 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 ahead of that. I can't say three numbers in a row. God six, damn it! Six six. You would be terrible in death metal. <laughs> they don't want me anyway. <laughs> I'm too emo. Uh, actually, um, the album art for this. Uh, there's actually a couple of different album arts that I've seen. The 10th anniversary edition has a slightly different one, um, but they're all goats. Uh, so they're sort of leaning into that kind of Baphomet deal. Um, yeah, I like, I, I like, I like the 10th anniversary edition a bit better, just because it looks like it's not as grainy, but mm-hmm. it just looks it pops a bit better. Yeah, I actually so just like always, pictures of goats. I always took this song to be kind of like a a mocking of the way that Satanism seems to be kind of. I guess commercialized is the best way I can say it. Yeah, sort of uh, flanderized, and they're kind of like leaning into the camp there. At the end of verse one where he says, breakdowns, obscenities, it's all I want to (laughs) be. By the way, Corey, you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is in a way a little bit tongue-in-cheek. 
and I like that about it. Mm-hmm. Like, not everything has to be super serious all the time. Yeah, which is ironic coming from this album. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, <laughs> I'm reminded of, uh, incidentally, the D and D adventure, um, Curse of Strahd. Uh, right in the first like couple of pages, it mentions that one of the best ways to create like a kind of spooky atmosphere is to just give it, throw a little bit of uh, humor in there. Um, a little black comedy right in there. Yeah. It can, it can really accentuate some of the darker parts of whatever it is you're trying to do. So I think, I think it's, it's a good touch. King of touch. Let's talk about gently. So gently is a nice, uh, soft ballad, uh, by Slipknot. <laughs> Actually, this is the closest thing to a soft song. <laughs> um, so it's sort of living up to its name. As far as a gentle Slipknot song goes, this is probably the closest you're going to get. Um, but it's got a nice kind of, still like a, there's still like a kind of noisy energy underneath. Um, it's very spooky the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I liked this one. I thought I thought it was a good um, touch. I think if you, if one was to fill an album with bangers like disaster piece and everything ends you know uh i am certain that slipknot would be able to deliver that well but also like you do have to mix it up a little bit sometimes um and it's 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 uh, few and far between that a record can sort of m- make a good reputation for itself all on just one or two types of songs so i think gently is a really nice uh slower tempo kind of jam um grew on me after a while like yeah when i listened to this i was an angry 15 year old so i didn't really get like gently or a later track quite as much as i would have liked to now that i'm older i can appreciate the musicianship behind this also what do you think the song is about well (laughs) i have two possible options that i think of uh i'm going to go ahead and say that uh it's about uh masturbation slash yeah, that, was, that was my first thought too yeah yeah they've the tricked me into talking about cum again god damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh no this is definitely about masturbation the there's funny goat line... picture got me and <laughs> there's a line that says and everything that lays in the palm of life's hands mm, there you go <laughs> there we go love that <laughs> Did you know that we all got left behind? I uh, I read some of the books, you know, the the Jerry B. Jenkins and Tim LaHaye novels. Yeah, the ones. <laughs> I've I've just realized I've made a very kind of a cult joke that only people who grew up in like a conservative evangelical household would probably understand. <laughs> Uh, left behind is not only the name of the next track on Iowa, it's also the name of a novel series uh, that was also adapted into a couple couple of different movie series uh, <laughs> about the rapture. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of an incredible series of books. Don't give Jerry B. Jenkins or Tim LaHaye your money, uh, but do understand that. It's batshit. <laughs> this song is not about that. <laughs> Unless I'm sorely mistaken. 
it's not. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the genius notes, if you expand sort of the the just the general notes, it says the song is not about the rapture, and then there's an image of Nick Cage and left behind. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Personally, I don't know about you. I fucking love this song. I think it's good. Yeah, um, I will say that for like the latter half of this album, I was uh, inside of <laughs> my uh, school cafeteria, and it was difficult to hear everything that was going on. Uh, so just sort of a <laughs> premature defense here. Um, but I, I believe I was able to hear this one before it got very noisy. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good, uh, picking things up from Gently as well, I think. This is, um, actually one of the only songs that doesn't have any profanity on it. Wow. I'm proud those of them. Of you, those of you who know Slipknot know that Corey Taylor does like to say the word fuck. <laughs> he, you know, he's known to enjoy it from time to time. He can have a little of fuck. It's understandable. <laughs> um, but yeah. This is one of the singles off the album, and I have no idea why, but I really like the music video for this song. Okay. I'll send it to you later, but there's just something about it that just makes me feel happy every time I watch it. <laughs> <coughs> um, one thing that I will commend Slipknot for, and they still do that to this, this to that to this day. Is angry <laughs> yeah and that is most expressed in this song where you know like i said this is the most melodic song on the album Corey taylor doesn't curse at all it's still it is yeah um i will say this line on the bridge that i do like uh it's i can hear you like the holy ghost and kill you if you get too close i think that's very good uh, it kind of reminds me of the Mars Volta a little. Like, this feels kind of like something Cedric would have written. Wouldn't surprise me. They they were both pretty popular around. That's true. Around they, the same time. They, they did both, like, hit it big in 2003, didn't they? Sounds from 2001. Sounds from 2001. Gotcha. Well, I mean, Relationship of Command. started in 1999. Relationship of Command was also 2001. There's a little bit of Cedric in there. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about The Shape. Sure. The Shape is a song about uh, learning about polygons, uh, and also circles. Um, I would say it's a pretty good educational song uh, for your children, if you need to teach them about uh, Do shapes. not show this to your children! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably don't show this one to your children. <laughs> probably keep this one uh, until oh, until your until your children are pissed off at you. I do. I. You're not talking much about the song, so I will fill in. Yeah, but, do that. <laughs> um, I personally really like the bridge in this song. Like the rest of the song, like it is what it is. It's not particularly bad but like the good cop bad cop vocal style doesn't really do a whole lot for me mm. uh, that, 
uh, verses are really quiet, and then when the chorus comes in, you shout very loudly. <laughs> um, but the bridge is something fucking else. Yeah. Does Corey just kind of goes free verse? He really, yeah, he does. He does it really well. Yeah. So, reading this in full. I don't want to do this anymore. Everything's shit. Everything's been taken, forsaken. Gotta start over, because I'm hearing it backwards. Don't make sense. Don't feel better. Who's better? It's not that simple. You gotta figure it out before you make things difficult. It's not a word. It's a problem. Draw your conclusions, solutions. Everybody else want to run. Contorting, distorting. I am undone. One like you getting the picture. Mm. Yeah, he really just sort of explodes here. It's like there's a little buildup, but not nearly as much to justify all of this. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a good moment. Yeah. Great. Don't get me wrong. Like when I'm in a bad mood, this is what hits the spot. Mm. But, uh, also, I am hated. I am hated. Uh, is the tenth track on Iowa by Slipknot. Um, yeah, this is a a big first verse here, uh, and it's sort of a um, in the in the way that. Um, disaster piece and people equal shit was like a fuck you song. This is sort of like the um, sort of relative inverse of that kind of like uh, I hate everyone and also everyone hates me. You know, um, like there are a lot of this is basically like a the most new metal that this album gets because mm -hmm. like it's almost rapping at certain points. Is. Yeah. Points is, God damn it. Certain points. But the line I like is uh, they all lost their dad or their wife just died. Now they never got to go outside. Shut up. Nobody gives a fuck. It doesn't change the fact that you suck. Yeah, it's a little. It's so funny to me. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> the, other, the other line I like is uh, I'm fat and I'm ugly and proud, so fuck you. You gotta own it. When I was a young, angry teenager, that line spoke to me. Hmm. Yeah, Skin Ticket. Skin Ticket is a name of a song for sure. <laughs> is there is there an explanation for the name? I gotta know. I don't know. <laughs> Alright, my new Slipknot headcanon is... Uh, one of them got their uh, arm stuck uh, when they closed the door to their car and it pinched their skin and now they've got like a skin ticket, like a little, uh, you know, some some extra skin. Just They got pinched by the car and that's that's what the song is named after. And they, they built, they, they wrote this song, they built, okay. <laughs> they wrote this song, <laughs> uh, they wrote it because they were very mad about closing the car door on their arm. That's why the there's a part where he just shouts, let me go. It makes sense. Yeah, and that's uh, come see me in my cage. The cage is, is the car. And built in my grain, the, that's filling your car up with gasoline. As we all know, cars are filled only on grain. 
you know, I'm starting to think my theory has more weight to it than it should have, because verse 2 starts with minus the inside and minus the circle, and you know, clearly the circle is the tire, and the inside is the inside of the car. Uh, this is way too real. Slipknot <laughs> has, has at least one song per album that's supposed to be like creepy and a little bit plotting. This mm. one has three. Yeah, I was going to say, this cannot be the only one. <laughs> Gently um, was one of them. This is the uh, this is the second one. Yeah, and the third one is coming up. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's sort of a, a spooky kind of riddle-like song, uh, especially like in the verses. There's lines like, "Inhabit the riddle and fill in the hovel, wherein and herein, between us and near us, zero and zero is nothing but zero." It's like very um, song, lost word. Song. The song more or less just seems to be like, hey, you want to see what it's like inside my head? Here you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, it ends on this outro repeating, keeping myself alive. Um, yeah. It's a very kind of peek into Corey's head. So now we're going to talk about the first Slipknot song I ever listened to. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, track number 12 is New Abortion, uh, which name, is definitely a name. <laughs> <laughs> the one time they say it in the song, it fucking hits home. Mm. Yeah, uh, so this was the first one you ever heard. Was Was it a single? Uh, they actually, um, I had, I, so when I was younger and really into new metal, I went to my local library and I rented the CDs there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, um, I found one that had Ozfest 2001, like. Okay. Yeah. I can see that that's, uh, one that appeared on down here. They played this song live and i heard it and like i couldn't see anything that was happening but just listening to it i was entranced hey death blooms by mudvane is also on the, that album. That, was, that was what that was why i picked it up in the first place because i was like i like mudvane i like this song i'll pick okay. this up also lincoln park is on here <laughs> yeah they definitely are they got they got a whole a whole host here papa roach is here Fucking Papa. That was back when Papa Roach was decent. We're not talking about other new metal bands. We're talking about Slipknot. We are. New abortion. Indeed, I agree. <laughs> um, no, but what is this about? <laughs> I'm confused. As I can tell, this song is about being part of a minority that feels like not a minority that's the wrong phrase being part of a generation that's basically getting shat on its entire existence okay i gotcha it's the one time that they say the title of the song <clears throat> how's it feel to be the new abortion the only generation to suffer extortion i gotcha i'm seeing it yeah sort of a <laughs> I can't believe Slipknot said, okay, Boomer. 
<laughs> they did it first. They they were the first ones to say okay boomer. <laughs> so the outro of the song, which is just you can't take my soul away from me, fuck you. That's the only time he says fuck in this song, and it is pertinent. It's yeah, and it's <laughs> it, it's it's got some emphasis to it, yeah. Alright, who wants to talk about metabolism? Me, tell me about my caloric intake and the breakdown about, contained uh, within this song. Hold his ash, so like I don't think Corey's metabolism is very good. Bummer. Has he tried just eating more good food? You see, the thing about that is that he has every fucking right to hate you. <laughs> He's in so much pain, and he can't take it. This is actually a really good song, though. Yeah, uh, I I perked up at the breakdown for this one. Oh, I love the breakdown to this song. <laughs> we love a good breakdown here. <laughs> oh, trust me, you'll get more good breakdowns. Love that. That's right, it is Metal Month. Metal Month. <laughs> is that... Is that... Left. <laughs> I'm not giving you any deathcore, Dave. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just I'm just embracing my inner uh, goat. That. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of substance of the episode you're getting from me. <laughs> I may to send you a compilation later. Rad. I mean, bleh. <laughs> yeah, um, the repeated phrasing of I'm always ready to die, but you're killing me is Jesus. That's definitely, yeah. <laughs> that is a line. Corey's got a, a good sense of, like... Racism? Yeah. Yeah. I said, like, Counting Crows kind of sometimes feels like poetry set to music. Corey Taylor, like, almost gives me that feeling sometimes, too. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, why is Goodbye Sky Harbor on this album? As oh. I actually think the last track on this album, Iowa, is much better than Goodbye Sky Harbor. I was going to say, those are kind of fighting words. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> um, Iowa is also apparently the longest song Slipknot ever wrote. Uh, 15 minutes. Tell me about the, the recording process for this song. Well, according to Genius, <laughs> Taylor he describes the song about being alone with a corpse, which... Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I got it. Uh, recording the song was a trip for Corey since he recorded his vocals while strip naked, vomiting, and cutting himself with glass. That's definitely a process that you can make. Um, so this is one of the only songs where Craig Jones seems to do anything. <laughs> because um, he actually took... Um, like, they recorded Corey screaming a couple of things. Okay. But in this song, there's a line where Corey sings, Don't Look at Me. Okay. And Craig Jones flipped it and reversed it and plays that throughout the song. 
Okay. Storm yeah. is not a song that you listen to late at night when you're all alone. No, this is... <laughs> they played up the spooky on this one. There's, like, a very slow kind of drum pattern here, and then they'll play, like, spooky piano chords uh, every now and again, and there'll be, you know, the the back-masked uh, Corey Taylor screams. And all in all, I would say this is just a really good way of setting a mood for Iowa. What is that noise? Corey's vocals in this song in particular really stand out to me. Because, like, throughout the album, he's been, like, really aggressive. He's had moments of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a serial killer in a cornfield in this oh, song. Oh, he does. <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah, he plays up the the creepiness here. Um, <laughs> when he got to, like, the outro and he said, I can smell you, I was like, nope, I'm good. I can go. Through, I can go without being smelled. Actually, no. But like, Correct. they play the song live. Did they really? They cut it down to like seven minutes. Yeah. Because nobody, not even Slipknot fans, are crazy enough to stand in a fucking mosh pit and just sit there for fifteen minutes. I don't know. You get some Mars Volta fans in there. I think. I think they'll they'll learn pretty quickly. <laughs> That was Iowa. Yeah, Iowa surprised me. (laughs) I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I like Corey's vocals. I like his lyrics. I like the album art. I like the percussion work. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say this is a great album to show your kids, to introduce them to their first piece of music. Uh, And on the whole, I I give it a a bad out of ten. Yep. <laughs> bah. Bah, <I'm> from it. <laughs> uh, so that's Iowa by Slipknot. Um, and I think I'm not plugging that... my Twitter tonight. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Well, you can always look at my Twitter, uh, which is, as always, at space underscore ace underscore rat. Uh, I post sometimes about my comic mousetrap, uh, and other times I just... I guess lately I've been posting a lot of political stuff, um, but uh, sometimes I'll post furries too. <laughs> That's what you can expect from my feed, uh, and you can't find Cam anywhere. Uh, we've been looking for Tays. Uh, the only place I've been able to find him is on Discord. Uh, don't look for him on Twitter. Uh, and this has been us, the lakes and the rivers. We love you. And we're glad that you listened to this. And I'm going to press the stop recording button now. You belong to me. I fill your mouth with dirt.